Presentation Podcast, Season 7, Episode 184. Nolan, Troy, and Sandy ponder the question, what do people want to learn? It is a conversation about teaching presenting skills, teaching slide design skills, all the way to what people do not think they want to learn, but are happy when they do. Let's join our three hosts for the conversation. I'm Troy Collar from TLC Creative Services based in Southern California and very excited to be home right now. Welcome to the Presentation Podcast. I'm Sandy Johnson with Presentation Wiz in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And I'm Nolan Hames from Nolan Hames Creative in Montclair, New Jersey. Okay, well, let's kick it off with what's happening because there's, you know, for each of us, because I mean, like I said, I'm actually home. I'm excited in my home office, got my own recording kit and, uh, and we're going to, you know, I'm enjoying it, but I, I, what are you guys doing? Nolan, I think you have some exciting, uh, um, construction news, you know, you're, you're changing careers or something. You're going to uh, go into uh, permitting to make the uh, process streamlined. Yeah. <laughs> Final permit. So uh, this whole thing, this, uh, this whole renovation should be done now. Uh, there's been some construction going on and stuff going on in my body. I had got COVID again uh, last week, so I've been still dealing with that this week, uh, which is always always fun. Um, but I've been doing a series of trainings this week uh, for uh, a big multinational. So we've been doing uh, EMEA and America and APAC, and I was up late last night with uh, talking to Asia. Um, but uh, but that was good. Um, and working for a, you know, finally after like, I probably mentioned this, like literally six months of trying to get like the, the, the starter check. Finally, I'm starting this template rebuild, uh, for uh, another multinational, um, to, to fix some of their color issues and some other template issues. So, so start over, right? You don't fix anything. You start oh, over, yeah, right? No, we're starting from <laughs> scratch on that one. And we'll be, you know, adding some accessibility stuff and, and other things. But the big thing, the big thing we got to start with is the color palette because that that's always the thing we see. Like they they spent so, you know, so so much time choosing these colors and then they launch it and realize, oh, when it comes to charting, these mm-hmm. don't work the best. And so mm-hmm. every time, yeah. every time. So we're gonna have to do some adjusting there. Well, wait, I got a comment on that because we just mm-hmm. I just like we designed a template for a large corporation Mm -hmm. and very dynamic colors. And uh, and so we built everything based on their specs and I had to use it for a a pitch, you know, before the thing was really ready. It's a key executive like, okay, we're giving you the new looks colors. Oh, it, it was they vibrated. There was, you know, it was literally yes. a, a, a yep. blue gradient and then the 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 sort of lavender overlay. So, um, so, you know, and this is all based on their specs. Looks beautiful in print, but man, on screen. So, you know, I, I explained to them, we can fix that. And their internal designer was like, but they're, no, we got to redo everything. I was like, no, please. You've spent way too long getting this point. So, you know, we went into the, uh, oh my gosh, H- HSL, Hex. right? HSL, exactly. Yeah, and HSL to, you know, that's where you can adjust luminosity and other mm-hmm. elements that, and they were like, you can do that. I was like, well, yeah, PowerPoint has capabilities. They're just not well publicized. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah. So color, we, I was in the same boat, Nolan. We were like, we could not finish because their design team kept going through the new branding colors. And then when we find, and we, I think we were the first implementation of them. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I have to adjust them all guys. This is going to look really bad on a 30 foot tall screen because this is like literally creating outlines you know it's glowing Mm -hmm. to the to the human eye when you project it and yeah it was an interesting learning so colors are a big deal i just uh was putting the the touches on one of my sessions for the presentation summit and one of the things i'm talking about is how to deal with bad um uh, template colors basically Mm -hmm. because like if that everybody wants things to be vibrant and this is from the brand guide and everything but sometimes you just got to you know, mute them down and, you know, adjust the HSL as you're talking about. As I prepared for today's recording, I was going to talk about HSL. That was one of my awesome learnings over the past years that I really keyed into. Yes. I think that's. Or on the Mac, it's HSB. Oh, I did not know that. Luminosity, brightness, same thing. I don't know why. Okay. Is it really? Yeah. I'll have to. Hmm. I make a little note. That might be a blog post coming up in the future as I I'm talk sure about some, colors. I'm sure some uh, color theorist will say that luminosity and brightness are not the same thing. But um, mm. <laughs> okay, um, I'm sorry, I totally interrupted you. So you, you've got you've got learner, you've got uh, you know, building code things happening, you've got uh, trainings happening, and yeah, you're, you're, what, you are enough. home. It, you're you're staying in the area, right? We are. Yes, we're. Yes, I am home until uh, the summit, which that's like a week and a half away. <laughs> oh wow. 
Okay, I got to get packed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you, you, you two travelers, where are your home? I see, I can see now you're, you're both home Oh today. my gosh, September, October. October is really crazy traveling. Um, on the fun side of it, I recently returned from Paris and Door County, Wisconsin. Woo-hoo! Yes, one might think of those as two extremely different um, environments, but both were absolutely fabulous. Um, I love it, love it. Door County is our annual entry into fall trip and it's so calming um it's just the best but uh, oh go ahead i've never been and i when i lived in chicago everybody would say oh we're going up to door county for Mm -hmm. the summer for this and i was like sounds nice i just never never made it up there a lot of chicago people we run into a lot of chicago wisconsin minnesotans but um it's too crowded according to my brother-in-law they're they're in they're in new england they they live in illinois and they're like yeah no no no, everybody goes there we're going to new england where there's space to room to spread out yeah if you go during the festival weekends but we always go to the off off weekends anyway so i'm catching up with work needless to say on current and, and a bunch of new client projects um I'm excited, I think, to be working with Microsoft 365 Enterprise version. I just <laughs> recently installed that. It, it's opening up some new opportunities. Uh, there's a confusion between which version because I didn't delete my basic version of PowerPoint and I still have my enterprise version. I'm doing that. Wait, really? Yes, oh. I'm running. I can run both, but I don't know which one I'm in at any given moment. I don't even know how you do that because it's all based on your sign-in. I thought. Oh. Well, my sign-in's the same. Hmm. Oh. Yeah, but you can't have two instances of of program running, can you? Well, when I look at my account, it, mm-hmm. I'm looking at a default enterprise. It look, but it, I have a little button that says other versions or other installations and my basic is there um yes so anyway well well, good good luck good luck to you (laughs) wish me luck yes how about you troy um what's happening it was well my new book which will be entitled oh the places powerpoint will take you will be released in the near future I'm, I'm travel, 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 but a lot of it is exciting. It's all presentation work. So, um, you know, it's, it's great. But since our last recording, which actually was not the last episode, cause we had to jump ahead, uh, cause of my travel schedule, let's say I've been in San Francisco and the highlight was hog Island oyster bar. If you guys have uh, ever been there, yeah. it's one of my That's absolute favorites went there twice. As a matter of fact, um, Nolan, I have a, I have a really good cocktail place to go to prior to Hog Island. I can make a recommendation. Okay. But D- I stumbled down, upon. Down at the, the wharf, right? Yeah, down, down at the Embarcadero. Yeah. yeah, it's a private mm-hmm. uh, dinner club one that I somehow ended up inside of. <laughs> um, <Okay. clears throat> Sao Paulo, Brazil. The highlight was just basically all of the food, including all of mm-hmm. all of the uh, nice. all of the, the herring, the dried herring foods that they have. Um, I've been in Huntington Beach, California. Uh, well, the highlight there was Starbucks. I didn't find any good food. They just really, and it's not that there's not good food there. It was the people I was with. We, we did it up, not the right places. Um, <clears throat> I was in uh, downtown uh, Los Angeles area. Um, the highlight there is we have a, I have an absolute favorite dumpling place. Their soup dumplings mm. are to just die mm. for. And, uh, and when this releases, wait, well, I, uh, the week this releases, I guess, cause we're recording this one week ahead. All three of us will be in Monterey, California that's right. together, right? Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. We will, yeah, week of the 16th. Hey, it was a lot of PowerPoint work, but I'm only remembering the food. <laughs> <laughs> Man after my own heart. Okay, let's talk. Uh, there's got to be a little bit of PowerPoint-related yeah. news since our last yeah, conversation. And little, actually, it's not as much on. as I thought. Nolan, give us one. Well, I, I think the the biggest presentation news was the sphere opened up in vegas now have you have you been to vegas since since it went up i i was there when they were testing it so i got to see a lot of projections on the outside it was really cool because they're setting up for the formula one race so they're showing speed runs around Mm -hmm. it they were like Uh literally following cars going around it Uh and i got to see it in use from the exterior but i've been watching the u2 videos and Uh i've already told Lori, i'm like not a really big concert guy i was like i really want to go because one i've you know it's one of the few 
concerts I've been to in the past, but two, I just want to be inside the thing. It's Absolutely. unbelievable. Yeah, I didn't real I didn't realize that there was a venue inside, but it makes sense, of course. And yeah, it opened up. This thing is incredible. And I, I think the 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 most amazing thing is there so far have been no technical glitches, right? <laughs> like half of it hasn't been like blacked out and everything. But this <laughs> is just it's like a two point three billion dollar venue. Outside is this the, the biggest LCD LED screen um in the world. Um, and there's a, there's a similar one on the inside of the yes. whole thing. So, and yeah, look at the, look at the videos. If you haven't, you too is like, they're doing a sit down like residency for a while there. Yeah. I'm very excited. Um, Unbelievable. But it's going to be <laughs> rented out for corporate gigs, for other concerts, for events and stuff. And I just can't wait to see it. And Troy, if you ever get hired to do anything there, I'll work for you for free. Like, I'm, I just I'm wanna... waiting for the call. I'm hoping some of the mm-hmm. automotives will use it because they're always looking for like cool venue. Well, you can that. always recommend it. Yeah. I imagine um, it takes some kind of special software to uh, design for that. So. Uh, it depends on what you're doing. We end up, uh, PowerPoint will end up being a PIP area of certain, yeah. you know, your aspect ratio is whatever you want because it's literally this crazy. Oh, yeah. So the, the pitch deck for this company, it's a publicly traded company called the or Sphere Entertainment. Um, and it's it's run by the MSG people, M- Madison Square Garden. So it's kind of a spinoff of, of that. And that, yeah, there's a pitch deck that got leaked um by the the pitch deck guy um on twitter and that's uh, some pitch design company whatever you can you can look up it's worth following them um and it's not a well-designed pitch deck but you know there's some interesting things in there like uh a one-day um advertising on the outside of it is four hundred and fifty thousand dollars. oh i didn't look at that i was just looking at all the pretty pictures going that's really, i like the cutaway where it showed the venue on the inside and the sphere on the outside yeah, so there's the. I mean, it it's not doesn't go that in depth onto the the tech and everything, but it's um, and they're they're planning on building one in London uh, as well. So this uh, will not be the only one. And I just I just think it's like a huge presentation, you know, like cathedral now. Like I mean, everybody's going to want to 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 be there, be on it, be in it. Um, so Am I okay yeah. to put the link for this in the show notes. It's a public yeah. thing, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, it's been well, linked, and it's it's it's, it's on it's a it's now. on a it's on a website where you can go yeah. find it. Okay, I'll yeah, put the link in there. Now. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, so, I didn't think the presentation was anything special. It, a lot of full oh, no, no, background images. Is, uh, it's good it's to see great. one, and and it's it's legible and it does a lot. It has a focal point, but yeah, I, I'm actually very excited to go to this venue at some point as, as an attendee. And I was mm-hmm. just yeah. talking to Lori about this and she's like, would you really want to do that? And I had to think, I go, yeah, I would. Mm-hmm. I, you know, so I just think it looks, yeah, everybody look, go on to social media, just look in the sphere and just look for the YouTube opening. And it's just like unbelievable. Sandy, what do you got? News in the presentation industry? Yes. Well, Microsoft Copilot um, in Windows was made available on September 26th and if you don't have it already, it's going to feature new Copilot icon, which I happen to have in my toolbar at the bottom of my screen. Um, the new Copilot user experience, Bing Chat, and will be available to commercial users for free. Commercial is kind of a weird I, term to yeah, it is a weird. on because it's actually enterprise. But yes, again, thank you for clarifying. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's yeah, Copilot is, it's Microsoft. It's There's like multiple the levels of Copilot. They just call it all Copilot. It all yeah. Well, there together. are Copilots, Copilots, mm-hmm. many levels. Mm-hmm. I discovered something interesting. I was adding my uh, PowerPoint Designer to uh, my QAT the other day. Mm-hmm. I taking it on to, to, to show somebody, and the icon it added looked kind of like the Copilot one. It was a two dimensional one. It wasn't the sort of gradient oh. thing. It was like a red, like hexagon or something. So. I don't know if that has, I don't know. I just, I just thought it curious because I just looked at it and I was like, huh, that reminds me of Copilot. So I don't I know. I guess the, I guess just to can you wrap up our news segment, um, Microsoft 365 Copilot will be available to business and enterprise. Again, you got to define what those are. Mm-hmm. Um, globally starting November 1st. Now it's a rollout. So I don't think it's like November 1st, everybody gets it, but they just made this announcement like, September 21st. So it's a mm-hmm. pretty tight timeline. Again, there is a cost $30 per user. And that's if you're going to be using it inside of like the PowerPoint tools, but in the windows side, you know, the search engine and a lot of the windows integrations, those come with windows. So there's different le- copilot. Isn't like you have it all. It's like an a la carte. I need it here and I need it here mm-hmm. and I need it here. And some of them you got to pay for and some of you don't. And I'm not totally 
clear on it all, but uh, maybe we can talk about that before the end of the year. We'll see where things go. We, we mm-hmm. need a couple of weeks to play with it. I mean, I've, I'm trying not to break any NDAs here with, so I'm talking very general on uh, what I do know and what I, what I don't mm-hmm. know, but um, yeah, it's, it's coming and I am getting more excited about it. Um, I think the biggest twist for me was in one of the recent, you know, I'll find the video and I'll put a link if nobody's seen it yet. Windows did some very nice informational, very highly beautiful videos. But the biggest one me was like, wait, that's paint. They're reintroducing paint, but paint is, well, paint has layers like Photoshop ask. Mm-hmm. It uses uh, AI so you can put in backgrounds or overlays. It does, um, I've already seen some images where it blurs the background, you like real life photos. People like, hey, here's me with my family and it blurred out the background, amazingly good. And I would basically say, you have to compare yourself to the Samsung Galaxy system because they use the Snapdragon chip and the Snapdragon chip actually has image blurring built into it. So it's just this phenomenal thing. And I think that's like, to me, the benchmark having seen other things. In fact, I'll be with Snapdragon hmm. in a couple of weeks and uh, well, I won't say where, but I'll be with Snapdragon in a couple of weeks and hearing about their newer things. So I get to once a year hear all their, their stuff, but it looked really impressive and it's coming, but Hey, we have a great conversation. So let's jump over to that. Okay, topic intro for today, folks, is what makes people want to learn something? Big question, lots of options, but more importantly, at least to us in this podcast and the audience listening, from the perspective of a presenter, trainer, host type person, what makes a good experience for attendees at, say, a conference or a training session that encourages them to want to listen and learn something? Or maybe it's a business meeting but there is a key takeaway. So they learned something from it. So the session doesn't have to specifically be a training, but we want to learn or people, how do they learn things? It's a great conversation that more presenters and conferences, well, they should have it up front so that they set parameters or guidelines or goals. So we decided it was a good conversation for the presentation podcast. Yeah. So um, because this is a bit abstract or, or at least a, a large topic, like I don't think we're going to get into learning styles or like, you know, the psychology of how people learn and are you a visual or this learner or whatever. But uh, so we could go in a lot of directions, but maybe let's sort of set the stage, so to speak, for for the conversation. Troy, you said what makes people want to learn something? And it's a good question. But instead of sort of going like, again, to the psychology Um, Let's use that, rather use that as sort of a self-selecting question, because no matter the reason, if you want to learn about and improve your presentation skills and choose to attend a conference or a webinar or a corporate training, I guess corporate trainings aren't always optional. Um, you want to learn, right? Um, you're already so far ahead of the game, though, right? So well, your least- engagement is optional. You could be uh, there, yeah, but not, yes. engaged. <laughs> not engaged. Good point. Sorry um, to interrupt. Keep going. <laughs> but if you're right, but if you're if you're already in the room, I guess, or if you've already chosen to go, you're you're ahead of the game. You're so far ahead of the game, right? Um, and we're going to leave aside non-educational reasons for attending events, you know, like you know, networking and 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 mm. our parties and stuff like that mm-hmm. and focus on what real what people really want to learn and get out of uh, a present a presentation training you know in in whatever form it might be so first off like what do you think people want to learn like i mean i know conferences always do you know the surveys and things although i i don't find i sort of always get the answers that i'm like like why are you here what do you want to learn uh troy what do you what do you think it's a pretty funny statement because a lot of our on-site work now we've actually really picked up the pace on a uh, polling but more importantly um interactive uh questions so the audiences can ask questions through a mobile medium and it goes directly to the presenters we also do post-event surveys and i get to see the results from lots and lots of different ones and it's you know we've gotten very good at how to word the question so at least you get the the answers that people want for their metrics. But yeah, so I think a lot of those <laughs> questions are maybe based on how the wording is done more than what the real answer is. But hey, I'm going to go practical on this. So, you know, what do people want to learn? I'm going to say not not the what they want to learn, but what people want is to have, when we're talking about the presentation slides, they want to have a focal point, one thing they can identify, one thing they can learn, one thing they can walk away with. Even, even a person that with great communication skills, 
and they're up on stage, they're presenting, they're going to lose the audience if the slides do not support their talk. If their slides are just this jumble of information, it doesn't have something easy to identify, something to learn to take away or even support them. Um, I think that's a big thing that people want. They want to see a presentation presented where they can learn something. There is something identifiable as that's the learning point. Did I just I mean, go too I, abstract? Uh, no, no. I, I mean, again, like the, the, it's gotta be tangible. It's gotta be like a, a single takeaway. It can't be too philosophical. I'm, I think at the end of the day, people want to learn how to, how to do better what they currently already do. And that doesn't mean that people aren't excited to learn a technique or trick or solve a problem they didn't know they had or, you know, create this whiz bang thing that they didn't know they wanted. But, you know, I think fundamentally the things people want most are how to take a current task down from 30 minutes to three minutes or how to get something for free that they previously paid for or how to use, you know, a simpler program to accomplish what they were using a more complicated method for. Right. So and again, that's the maybe that's the short attention span, you know, just place we are we're at these days it's like well uh, you know every tuesday i have to do my uh, my tps reports blah 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 and it takes me a half hour and if i want to go to the session and if you can teach me an excel or powerpoint how to you know do it in half the time great like that's what i want i don't know sandy what do you think I might be the Debbie Downer in this episode <laughs> because I, I truly am going to take the opposite approach i once had a client tell me that people don't want to learn Oh. So I always keep that concept in the back of my mind. I did, from a psychological standpoint, try to evaluate that a little bit. I won't go there. But people are so busy. They just want to focus on getting the next task done, yeah. I, right? And they truly believe that they have enough knowledge to get by. Um, it takes time to learn something. So when it comes to presenting, some people and I think you've probably run into these people, they might be offended when they're faced with the option of learning something new. They can be sensitive um, to being told that they're building their presentations using the wrong flow. Uh, they don't leverage PowerPoint tools or templates to their full capacity. Mm -hmm. it, to them, it might be um, a sign that they're becoming, think about this person sitting in front of you in the corporate world. They're becoming a design, a dinosaur. They don't understand technology. We might be saying that to them. They might think we're saying that to them. Um, and the last thing they want is to have to be in training sessions once a month, learning how to do this kind of stuff. That's interesting. Or, or a three day conference. Or, yes, yeah. yes, yes. They don't have the time to get away to focus on presenting. I I am amazed. We we've all been in sort of online conferences, and you know, I've I've spoken at them, and and there are occasionally those people that are on like literally engaged in that online conference for like two or three straight days, and because like every time I check back in or whatever, like they're there, they're, and, mm -hmm. and I'm like, wow, wow, more power to you. Like I, there's no way I could sit, you know, for mm -hmm. seven hours a day and just you know be completely into this. I I wish I could, but that's my short attention span. I think but, that, yeah. well, here's a whole nother, I'm going on a total tangent here, guys. Just let me know if we need to remove this, but here's, here's a, here's the thought online conferences. If they say they're recorded and available on demand, I think there's a different type of engagement level. I was just, I recently had a conversation mm. with a client about this because I mean, I know when I'm attending or participating in something that's online and I know it's going to be available later, I will take a screen capture of a point and timestamp it. So I can go back and find it and really dive into it. I mean, that's just me personally. Good, good idea. But I think that there is a different type of engagement if people know it's a one-time event, because everything used to be like, it's live and it's going to happen now. You're going to get it or you're not. And there was a different engagement level. And now mm. people are thinking, oh, it's available. We just had this for a large uh, medical industry thing where it was a live event, but everybody knows that it's being live streamed and it's going to be available for six months after a lot of people chose to skip certain sessions so they could go do their networking thing, knowing that they could get that information later. I think it's a different dynamic. I'm totally off topic. Well, not no, off topic, that, but I'm, that makes I'm sense. off and, track and, what we're talking about. And then I'd love the metrics on how many people actually review the recording, you know, uh, or recording. Yes. Uh, do you, you know, have any cry. metrics on that? Yeah, we get personally. Oh, we do yeah. We, on our, yeah. And actually we just switched over our whole, um, our live stream and replay thing. And I'm so excited. We're, we're doing our own enterprise level live streaming. Um, and the metrics you can get are pretty amazing. What most metrics out there, I mean, we can literally see 
not only how long who watched a video, but how long and what segments they watched now. Um, and it's it's all baked into our system where we haven't quite figured out how to make those reportable to the end clients. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you, there's a lot in there that you can pull. <clears throat> so um, in anyway, engagement levels count if you push pause, it literally counts as an engagement point. Um, so it's pretty interesting what you can say, like, oh, that person must have stopped to take notes or they hit pause a lot of times. So we're going to discount their engagement because they were just talking to somebody else. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. I'll, I mean, I'll tell you, it's, it's so, going to be so hard to do, but I love chaptering, you know, in like, in like, mm-hmm. and like in LinkedIn learning and things like that being a, or even YouTube videos where you can like, you know, jump and we, I just haven't seen that in conference videos. Maybe you have, Troy. It's we just a, it's do just it. It's a ton more work. Oh, you do? We just did a, a large investor event. So it was, you know, it was closed door thing. A very big audience, like, you know, a couple thousand people. And we chaptered all the presenters so you could jump through to find the parts that were, it was for journalists so they could find the parts they wanted. Well, their, their on-demand cycle was ending. So we say, you know, hey, just to remind you, you got to download the video. Here's your link, this and that. And literally the, the they came back to us. So where are the chapter marks? How do we get those? It's like, oh, those don't travel with it. Those are, mm. you know, meta tags within the system they're in and you're moving to yours. So we were able to extract and give them all the timestamps and the names we gave them so they could do their own. But yeah, chaptering is not, it doesn't go with the file, at least in the system we're using. And it was kind of funny how that became a big, they're like, well, we really want it. I was like, you really should pay us to provide longer. <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> yeah, I think chaptering, it was a big deal to this client. This is just like maybe three, two, three weeks ago we were having this conversation. Um, uh, yeah, I agree though, Nolan. They make it easy. And I love how YouTube does it. Like I use it for when I'm looking up because YouTube has, you know, if the author chooses, they can put in the little chapter marks and you can mm-hmm. find parts we've been doing a lot i, of I was uh, i was just this morning chaptering my my training oh. video uh that i put up after my trainings and it just takes more time and see i I'm think impressed. chaptering should go with it should systems like this would be a great team's presentation if you have a section divider if you're running a slide deck a powerpoint mm-hmm. slide deck through teams, it sh- it knows your layouts because it knows your things. And yeah. every time you hit a, a a section divider layout, it automatically adds a chapter with that name. That would be such a cool feature. Hey, Microsoft, I'm coming up with ideas for you. I think that's awesome. Add that to the list officially. <laughs> well, v- I mean, Vimeo, w- which is where I host my my videos, now has uh, textual editing, mm-hmm. right? So so you you can bring up, and in my opinion, it's a little slow and clunky, mm-hmm. at least on my system, but. Um, you can you can edit out sections because it'll give you a live transcript and then you just edit out there. So I don't think you can chapter that way, but that would be an opportunity and and maybe oh, yeah, an AI opportunity as well. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's let's move on. How about um? How about this? Uh, you know. Uh, how about like tips and tricks? Those kind of, you know, it's those random sessions. Yeah. They always have a lot of candy for everybody. People generally love them because they're a little bit faster paced, but there's just nuggets of information that isn't put into such a long format. You know, Mm -hmm. do you, what do you, how do you do those? It's like tidbits. It's like bites. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Video bites or I don't know. Yeah. Well, every now and then, and I also want to frame this as, you know, within a presentation, suddenly a presenter may just have this like little tangent element of like, Hey, here's a, here's four really important things on this. And suddenly it becomes like a session within a session mm-hmm. type of thing. Um, I, you know, do you feel, do you feel bad? You know, that people are, I mean, what do you, hmm. I, oh, they, I they do feel like the junk food of trainings, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> there you go. Or, or the, or the, or in the same vein, the TikTok of trainings, right? Because mm-hmm. I mean, doesn't this speak to like our, um, our low attention span or shorter attention span. And I mean, it's hard sometimes not- they're the highlight, which is well, almost yeah. problem. It's instant gratification. You guys, Yeah, you can I take mean, it away and apply it, take it away and apply it. I mean, do you, do you like the salad at lunch or do you like the cookies like in between sessions and all like, um, <laughs> so, I mean, it's hard not to like them. And I, I do them. I, I call them do wait, maybe one of I, I have done sessions literally called tips and tricks. Um, in my yes. longer trainings, that section, I think I call efficiency. I don't know. Maybe that's, I'm trying to put a grown up word to it. We do. Uh, I've done lunch and learn tips and tricks. Yeah. You know, it's been a whole mm-hmm. series and it's, and that's, you know, it's a, it's a 15 it, to 30 minute segment, and, but they're, it's so hard to pick out what to do. It's like, mm. because also, as you said, like one, one small trick could like, as I was saying, like take that 30 minute um, uh, task down to three minutes uh, for somebody. 
I mean, I, I've literally had people say like, oh my God, I never knew about control, you know, shift mm. C, V. Now I can suddenly like, this is going to change my life. Or I didn't, you know, I didn't know about the, how to, uh, I don't know, did, how to get to the master or how to do this or, or like whatever. I didn't know how to duplicate and <laughs> I didn't know how to make a perfect circle like with a crop. Yeah. Like, now I know with two clicks, now I can do it. Like the seven, so that's important. It's my know. favorite. It's my favorite way to discuss great PowerPoint and, and to make your presentations better. I think it's because I, I work for compliments, <laughs> meaning <laughs> I, I personally love the instant gratification of getting that feedback. Yeah. Right. People are just in awe of, I didn't know you could do that. So it, yeah. it's, it's fine. Yeah. It makes you feel good. Makes them yeah. feel good. Makes all right. So, yes. you know, it's like TikTok, right? Everybody yeah. wins. Everybody. I, I totally yeah. agree. I also think they're kind of the more rare presentation. Um, a lot of times it's a segment within a presentation, but it's also a rare presenter that knows how to actually give those little sound bites that actually, like you said, Nolan, they contain enough information within a little time period to make it like, wow, that's amazing. I, I will say that I've been in presentations, I've been in talks where there are just too many of those layered throughout it. So suddenly they just become a jumble. You're like, oh, that was a good one. I'll remember that. Mm -hmm. Wait, wait, that was a good one. Wait, wait, is that what makes sense? And then you start thinking it through and, you know, like junk food, maybe too much can be bad for you. Um, oh, there you I, go. I, I got to I gotta say, at the summit, which we're all at now, I guess, uh, Echo's giving a session, I think, called My Top 10 Tips. And I'm looking forward to it. BuzzFeed. It's the BuzzFeed of the. There <laughs> you go. Great. I just think it's another part of learning. I just wanted to bring it. You know, it, it's yeah. definitely a learning element, and I think it's it's not done enough. It's not confidently or well done, but sometimes it's overdone. So, okay, take us somewhere else. Okay, so let me. What do you think people don't realize they want to learn, but are happy when they do? Does that make sense to you? Yeah. I mean, of course. I mean, I kind of said it's going to be that trick to do in three minutes that had been taking them three hours, right? Um, but I mean, I also think it can be opening their eyes to to stop doing something that had been so ingrained or they didn't realize there was an option for. Um, for example, like, you know, avoiding legends and charts. Like that's one of the the, the main things I, I, I do in my, my data mm -hmm. training. Um, and they, it's just, you don't realize like, oh, I need a chart. Okay. Pie chart and legend. Of course you have to have a legend yeah. and this and that. Like you, you just don't even think about it. And then suddenly you show you don't need this and you actually don't want it because it's bad for your audience. And here's the solution for it. And it's not that much more difficult. And oh my God, like I just didn't even realize it. So, I mean, there's a lot of that stuff sort of in the world. You just end up getting into this, this rut of this is the way it's done. This is the way it's done. Yeah. That's learning um, your conditioning. Isn't the best. <laughs> <laughs> approach. I mean, really. Yeah. yeah, exactly. We are. We all, no, not we. The majority of PowerPoint users have are self-taught and they may not have taught mm -hmm. themselves properly yeah. because of the defaults they're given, like legends. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and that doesn't feel, and that doesn't, and when it's sort of done in that way, it doesn't feel, well, hopefully like feel like re-education, like you must, you know, stop using Adobe and use Figma because that's the way the world, like whatever. I mean, no, yeah. like it's, it's no, this makes sense and you can do well, it. And okay. So on the legend thing, since you yeah. brought it up now twice between both of you, <laughs> I have a great example of that. So we do a lot of medical charts, a lot of slides with just tons and tons of data. Yeah. Nolan, you would just, you know, I know you see them, but they're the type yeah. of things that Nolan goes, you shouldn't do this, but you have to, mm -hmm. but you'll have four different charts, four different. Yeah. Bar charts, line charts on a slide. Cause they're all proving a different medication track. Mm -hmm. They all have the exact same legend. I remember when we started working with mm -hmm. this client, it took us not, it took us a very serious discussion to explain because we were turning the legends off on all four and putting one legend at the bottom. Mm -hmm. Like they were so conditioned, as we mm -hmm. just said, that every chart needs a legend. I was like, but they do have a legend. They're all using the same one. Why are we taking up visual space? Why are we adding visual clutter? This is our process. And because what they would do is the first few rounds, they would get our beautiful slides back and then they would add them back in. So now there was four little legends and a big legend <laughs> at the bottom. So we had to have this discussion with the whole presenting group as to what we were doing. And they're like, oh, we see that now. So they did learn something, but it was conditioning. They're like, you know, and, and in... In data, medical arena, you have to show where the data comes from and everything about it. And 
Yeah. So it was, it was literally a conditioning thing where they had, you know, anyways, okay. So there, there, I had a, a legend analogy. I liked it. I liked <laughs> it. It made it applicable. Um, for me, uh, uh, the feedback I get when I present my, the science of great presentations, I've talked about it a million times. Uh, it's the it's, re- awesome. based, it's based on the research that's been done that talks about how people learn best in an audiovisual environment. When I give it to business people, the feedback's very positive. Uh, I hear things like, it's completely changed the way I create slides. I Or I think about you every time I work on a presentation. They may not necessarily make the change, but at least they think about me. (laughs) But I think it's because it helps them understand why it's important to think about what goes on your slides. It just gives them pause. Uh, I'm currently in the middle of delivering a series of quick training sessions to corporate employees. The cool thing is, for me, is that they it's to these employees who already have a series of standing meetings. So they are forced to be there. That's, mm-hmm. That could be bad, could be good, but I still get positive feedback. Um, I've started with the why of the, the science and then how we use their corporate template to provide the foundation for applying the science. So, you know, we go science, we go practical with the template, and then we've also built a slide library for them, which is based on the science. So that training, training um, makes their jobs easier. And that's how we're positioning it from session to session to session. Sandy, I don't know if your clients listen, but they don't know how lucky they are to have a company that one allows that type of environment to be put together because so many companies and so many people are just struggling. They don't have these guide rails. And yeah, that's awesome. It's a great story. I I love it. Thanks. So Sandy, just to recap this, because I had a clear thought when you said, you know, people don't realize they're learning you know, what, what makes them happy. So here's the story that flashed to my mind, my daughter and sushi. Okay. Okay. I love sushi. Took my youngest daughter out to sushi. So this is when she was younger and, you know, clearly didn't want anything to do with it. And, uh, we sat down and had sushi, just the two of us. So Lori wasn't with us to influence her love of chicken teriyaki, you know, basically how to avoid sushi. She eats a lot of sushi now. So it's just the two of us. And we had an amazing meal. She learned, she discovered that she likes sushi, but here's the problem. It's an expensive like, Mm -hmm. you know, now that she's a young person, they don't go to sushi all the time because it's, you know, sushi is not, you know, a a economical meal. (laughs) When you do a PowerPoint training, a lot of times people don't realize that what they're doing is bad. And suddenly you give them a training or they, they figure out like, oh, this is amazing. I can do this. Well, it's also bad in the fact that it kind of takes a little bit of time to make it good. Slide design takes time, you know, to make things align, to, mm-hmm. you know, do this and that. So a lot of presenters, I mean, I've literally had people when we return to a, a training or we go back, they're like, I just so dislike you because now every time I look at my slides, I have to do this and it takes so much longer, but I know it's wrong if I just leave this jumble on there. Um, Nolan, and I had a great conversation with a guy about charts where he's like, I got to go in and modify all the Microsoft presets because there are just too many things on there. And I was like, he's like, it takes time. And I was so happy being ignorant was basically the storyline. So <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Yeah, you know, happy is is sometimes relative. You know, presentations are complex and and how to present them as simple content is often what makes people, I think, happy. Like, oh, I get it. I see it. Yeah, I, I, it's interesting being ignorant. Like sometimes somebody will send me a 10-page article on here's how to, you know, get more out of, you know, LinkedIn or whatever. And I'm like, oh, I'm just not reading that and ignorance <laughs> is bliss, right? Because if I read it, then it's going to give me things to do and I got to do this and I got to do that. And here's how to get more clicks out of this. And it's like, ugh. Mm-hmm. What's something very specific you'll always remember learning from someone else in a training? I remember my first session at my first presentation summit. Um, First of all, do you two know what it was originally? Well, I know Troy does. What was it originally called? PowerPoint Live. That's right. Um, That's when it was still PowerPoint Live. And this, it was about keyboard shortcuts for changing, or shortcut, I should say, for changing letter cases. From all caps to sentence case to um, initial caps, it it's in that ten minutes of that just one demo. It paid for the conference for me because it was so awesome. 
Steffi Hogan taught me that it, the the little normal icon at the bottom right, if yeah. you double click it, it takes you right to the master. That's and right. And I, I was like, uh, how did I never know that? And now, but, and that was something that completely changed the way of like, I'm never going to view master again. That's never <laughs> Take again. Take it off of your, your ribbon. Take it off of your yep. QAT. Yep. Just yes. right there. So mm-hmm. that's, that's what I did. Excellent. Um, so what is something taught to me? Okay. Unfortunately, you guys have great presentation analogies. Mine's a, a presenter. And here, okay, so let me give this story because this this was impactful. This was before, let me think this through. This was before I moved into presentation design. So we're talking, you know, a few years ago. <laughs> but I was at a large conference and I was an attendee at this large conference. And um, the, the summary is presenters have power. This was like an eye-opening moment to me. So a presenter on stage had this story of driving their motor home and everybody else was asleep and they're, um, you know, they're basically in Florida on that, uh, what is it? Alligator alley. You know, it's just that straight line that goes for like 100 miles. I don't remember. It it was in Florida. I remember it was a long thing. And he's like, you know what? We're straight line, this and that, obviously before autopilot or anything. I was like, I could just run to the restroom. No one will, you know, we got cruise control. I just don't have steering, but it's straight. You're going through, you're, you're like, there is no way. This is like a disaster waiting to happen. He ends the story with, folks, that did not happen. Don't believe everything people oh. from stage tell you. Because I'm sitting there. I mean, I consciously remember being conflicted. There is no way this could have happened. There is no way somebody would have taken that. But yet you're like, this guy's totally credible and this and that. And he was making a business point that just because somebody with credibility says it doesn't mean it's actually what is truth. Presenters have a lot of power. And he just made this completely preposterous thing where I believed it. I was like, well, I was on the front. I'm like, I, mm. I can't believe this, but I have to. So um, there's my thing that I took away from a presentation is that, you know, you, you do have to be careful with what you say, which was really kind of more the point. Of Unless that. that person uh, is saying it on the internet and and then it, that then is it's true. true. That's true. Always. Yeah. Well, you know what? This would probably precede a lot of internet use. So this is a <laughs> story that should that I wish would have gotten bigger so people would have had that as a mentality because I've always had that in the back of my head. It's like, okay, we got to be careful with what we say. Okay. Or if it's in a book, <clears throat> then it has to be true. Well, yeah, if it's in print. Um, okay, so what do you think is not being taught in specifically presentation trainings that should be? I'm always surprised when I don't see sessions on masters um, and templates. Um, Echo and Julie, of course, are the experts, and they they give sessions. I've given some as well. Um, but I know that conference attendees always sort of struggle with them, and I think they want to learn how to do them right. Um, I don't think teaching how to make templates is usually a good thing for the average corporate user. But you know, again, I think for in the if you're in the presentation business, I, I think I think it should be. I agree 100%. There should be training offered when a new template is launched. I, mm-hmm. Companies don't make a big enough deal about it. People don't know it's there. They don't know that it's a part of the corporate branding, including voice, design, all of that. So at least give it to a group of key influencers who can guide internally. Oh, yeah. I mean, so, mm-hmm. yeah. So in terms of corporate, I think people should learn how to, should be taught how to use it, but use not it, necessarily yes. how to create them. I agree. That's that. Those yes. are the yeah, mm-hmm. two sort of sides. Big of difference. Masters yeah. don't matter to anybody. You'd rather they didn't know that <laughs> they existed. A lot right? of times I'd re- wish they wouldn't because sometimes they go in and change it and that impacts so many other things or other people. Uh, yeah. Because they've changed the guidelines or the rules. Um, yep. For me, when I when I kind of put this question together, I was thinking from again from presentation design, the template is the guide rails, and within that, you have all of your creativity. It's not a limitation. It's how do I be creative within these areas so I stay consistent. So I think that's a skill that that or maybe it's a mentality that isn't taught enough. That you know, here's the rules of the template. Well. They're not rules to stop you. They're rules to constrain and make everything consistent. So I think that mm-hmm. philosophy isn't taught or um, I think once it's taught, people accept it. But I also think from presentation, presenting skills, there's there's mm. kind of two components. There's stage presence workshops. There, there are books and workshops that will tell you how to be a presenter on stage. And then there are slide design workshops and there are books and there are conferences like the presentation summit well actually presentation summit is one of the few that is going to bridge both of these but they they will specifically talk to you how to build your slides but there's this gap on how a presenter 
on stage, so stagecraft, should interact with their props, mm -hmm. which is could be slides in many instances. Also, how do they use the competence monitors, which is where their slides are, and how do they interact? How do they create a stage presence where they are using the slides or acknowledging the slides to their audience and leveraging them if most effectively? I think there's a gap in that, and it's not really taught. There are, again two sides of it and each side is taught, but I don't think the middle one is, if that makes sense. No, I, I agree. Mm -hmm. you, there is I, a gap. Yeah. I, I think the, the first thing you said about being taught about the guidelines and the rails that designers know and eagerly look for rules, right. Mm -hmm. And guidelines and we're like, where are the brand guidelines? I need something to work with. Give me like, let me work within that. But if you're not a designer and not trained on that, you see it as a limitation. Um, but, but it's tough because then okay, here are the guidelines. Now think like a designer, but I'm not a designer. So mm. it's rough because if you're not, you just think I should be able to do anything. And what do you mean I have to use blue? No, you like, that's a good I, I thing. I don't like, like blue. Right. <laughs> There's that like word. Yeah. So, well, what do you think about, what do you think has been your most well-received training sessions? Um, in the last year, I, st I started doing a one-hour designing slides without bullet points training session, and I think just that title yes. um, has been uh, a lot of people have really liked, and it draws on you know material from from larger and previous trainings. But it's just very targeted and very focused on one topic. Um, that's a huge pain point for people, so I think it's a sort of a good selling point there. Um, I, d I do want to give an honorable mention to a talk I gave last year, maybe it was the year before, um, at Presentation Summit. Um, on what I do when I present remotely, it included my like tech and my gear, but at the end, it included um, me actually putting makeup on. That was end, one of the best like, segments. I was there. <laughs> I I like totally got into it. I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> so awesome. yeah, there you go. That, Troy, that may be the last time I ever put makeup on in front of, uh, in front of an audience. Picture. That's great. Okay. Well, I'm going to say most well-received training sessions is – it, again, it's a it's a presenter skill, but setting everyone up for success because you know in any session you're going to have a wide range of of people in the the attendees. So, and these are PowerPoint skills training sessions, just to put it in place. So I literally start by saying, um, you know, mo most of you are going to know a lot of these PowerPoint approaches, these tricks, these these formatting options, but there will be one two a dozen of these elements where they're going to catch your breath and you're going to say, I didn't know that. And those are the ones that are going to make today's time pay off for you for years to come. So, Hey, as soon as somebody says, I know that they're like, Oh yeah, this was worth it. <laughs> I got it. Mm -hmm. So Sandy, you literally said it from right up start with your, with the very first, uh, uh, PowerPoint live was you learned the, um, Yes. The, 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 the skill of keyboard commanding for uppercase, lowercase and all that. I mean, so I kind of program people like you're going to actually walk away with a positive for this because everybody's going to learn something if you're going through enough skills. Um, anyway, so there, there's, there's how I think those are my well, well received. Cause if I don't say that people are going, eh, you know, you don't program, you don't, t you don't set an expectation. And those are the ones where people might have not as positive a thing. Sandy, what do you got? Well, that reminds me of something I do in my, um, the science behind great presentations. One of my concepts is the concept of, one of my slides is the concept of one idea per slide. Mm -hmm. And I'll say, you know what, if anything's going to make your job easier, anything I want you to take away today, which you're not supposed to do this, but I do it. Um, please remember this. And then I talk about why it's so important, one concept per slide. Surprise, at the end, I'll say, what was that one idea I wanted you to remember? And then I award people with my storyboarding book and if, uh, the first person to respond to that. So Ooh, instant gratification. <laughs> yeah, it works. But anyway, um, when I give that presentation, I obviously first present on the science. But what's important is I provide solutions and examples of how the science can be applied. Then with that storyboarding, I have PDFs of storyboards and everything. We end it with a storyboarding lab and um, people are giving, I give them a pre-written script and they have to create storyboards. They don't have to worry about PowerPoint. They were, they talk about the story. It's, it's just really 
really great feedback. Um, I which, How should I say this? When I present to Diamante scholars, they're uh, scholarship recipients in a junior college in near Oakland. And I've done this for the last three years. The feedback is amazing. I get thank you letters. I get leadership feedback from it because I'm helping them prepare for the real world and, and to do things right. Um, on the other hand, <laughs> I've received a standing ovation from fifth graders for my build a bus, build a bus session. <laughs> they are so adorable. It makes me cry just thinking about it. And I also delivered it to the, um, Microsoft's Digi Girls. What is Build a Bus? So I take PowerPoint shapes. I, I uh-huh. give them pre-existing shapes, and you I haven't say, seen this before, Nolan. I, no, oh, I, you, I, you've I, been I, doing this for years because we did a bus, and we're and it was like you a, did. No, no, but we did it oh. as part of a different presentation. But I was, okay. and then when you showed, it, I was like, we're doing the exact same thing. But mine was. I, think I remember that. Go, go for it. Yeah, this is well, it's a because it relates to kids, and kids get into it. Sorry, yes, totally exactly. It's awesome. I give them pre-existing shapes, PowerPoint shapes, and then we go to we go through building the present building the bus, which may involve um, grouping shapes. It may involve. Um, using merge shapes to make them one shape, but ultimately they end up building a bus and then we animate it. And the the purpose is they've kind of learned some of the basic tools Mm -hmm. that will get them through building any presentation beyond just bullet points. Yeah. It's, don't you have to put their, their picture, their, their photos in the windows. Haven't gone that far yet. (laughs) What a cool idea. Oh, that's what ours did. May that was what our conversation was because we put one together animated bus all out of PowerPoint elements. And then we put the key executives on it and we say, everybody needs to get on this bus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Oh, when you teach it to, you know what? I have taught it to in the corporate environment. Also when Echo and I did training together, we, we did the build a bus. That's pretty funny. Yes, exactly. Awesome. So anyway, Troy, Oh, you, I think we've covered, I mean, any other thoughts? Well, yeah, on- I think, Oh, okay. Hold on. Do, mm-hmm. Let's just end with this. What do you, anything we haven't covered? You know, what do you want to learn that you haven't so far? You know, just anything wrap up wise. What do I want to learn from? Yeah, what do you want to learn? Or what do you think we haven't covered? I I always just want to learn more about uh, how other designers work. And that's that's sort of... um, the, the voyeuristic sort of uh, part of me, you know, I want to see their inspiration files or starter files or literally, <laughs> literally see them slog through something as, <laughs> as tedious as that might be. Uh, I can't remember who it was, but there was a theater director um, in my, in my theater days who explained how difficult it is to learn to be a director. And he's, and the reason he said was that it was like sex. Nobody really teaches you. Ha- Follow me on this because it's a yes. great analogy. Yes, 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 yes. No, okay, nobody, I'm paying attention no, now. Yeah, Go ahead. No, nobody really teaches you how to do it. You do it in the dark and you don't really get to see how others do it. And <laughs> it's exactly right when it comes to directing. You're like, how do I do this? What? I-? Um, so I feel like sometimes that's true about being a designer um, and working presentations. So I don't know. I just like to see. No, especially in our industry, because yeah. there are no college courses in graphic design for presentations. There, there may be speech courses in college, but nothing from a design standpoint. I, I really agree with you. Uh, right now, and this is maybe beyond PowerPoint or presentation specific, but I want to learn more about how AI can perhaps elevate design and mm. the storytelling in presentations um, can help my clients. It can help me. I hope. How about you, Troy? I, wow. I'm just going to cop out and say, I agree with you both. Uh, Nolan, I might have to use that analogy or that soundbite a couple of times. Mm-hmm. That was pretty awesome. Um, and, and yeah, Sandy, I think the, I think we're going to be changing a lot of the workflows over the next, I'm going to say two years with AI coming into place. And also Mm -hmm. things like, um, you know, image creation being a part of, if you're paying for the co-pilot, again, you got to pay for the right co-pilot or have the right co-pilot. Within PowerPoint, you're going to be doing a lot of image work directly in PowerPoint of instead of externally mm-hmm. and things like that. So I think there's going to be a lot of learnings. It's a very exciting time to be in presentation. Um, uh, you know, I think it's going to improve or elevate or change or modify a lot of our workflows. The, the end above. result, mm-hmm. presenting skills are still presenting skills. They won't change. 
what people want to learn. It's a big topic. It's a big conversation. I think we did the topic justice. I think we did good. So thank you for joining us, everyone. It's been a, a lot of fun, a little bit of an abstract, just talk uh, kind of philosophical about presentation and design and learning and audiences and presenters. So it's been a ton of fun. I'm looking forward to, again, our upcoming uh, episodes because we've got so many great topics. And uh, well, let's move on to some pro and tech tips. Okay, pro and tech tip. I'm not really an iPad guy anymore. I just don't carry one with me. I've, you know, phones have gotten bigger and better, and I've just gotten tired of carrying too many devices. Um, but I do have a lot of iPads, and we use them. I mentioned earlier we're doing a lot of uh, audience interaction, and we give iPads to the moderator or the key presenters because the audience can submit questions on their phone and it shows up on, we just give them a pre-programmed iPad. So, you know, it's really easy. Mm -hmm. So one of the things I just found, and, and I'll back this up even one step further, um, our oldest daughter, Kelly, phenomenal illustrator. Um, and she does a lot of big mural and mural work and other types of stuff. She uses the iPad and uses, I am totally blanking on the name of the drawing program. Mm, mm. Shoot. Maybe I'll put it in later, but she does a lot of her illustrations on the iPad. Procreate? Pro, thank you. Yes, Procreate. Huge Procreate. And she uses it for a lot of the social media um, elements for her, uh, her for her current company where she's the, well, anyways, moving on. So she uses the iPad Pencil, which is really an expensive item, but it's really, really cool. On a whim, I bought a, a iPad, a third party iPad Pencil. So I don't even know if I'm allowed to say iPad Pencil, but it's the third party <laughs> one. It is by this company. It's just a bunch of letters. Z V B no Z Z V F B C. It's funny. cheap and it works amazing. It has different pen tips and stuff. I mean, it was like a one day Amazon flash sale. So I'm like, well, for 20 bucks, I'm going to buy it. I will put the link in there. I think everybody should have one at this price point. I mean, even without the sale, it was, it's a great deal, but it really, really is cool to use on the iPad. I've been, you know, now I've been pulling them out and just using the pencil just to, you know, have fun with it. So I'm going to put a link to a third party iPad pencil. Again, don't know if I'm allowed to put those words together. Um, <laughs> it's really economical and I do endorse it. It works great. And, you know, so there, there's my pro and tech tip. Here's a cheap iPad pencil that works really, really well. Excellent. I am going to bring up Dictate again. I use, I think I've recommended it before. It's a tool I use constantly in my PowerPoint slides, in my PowerPoint notes section to write a script, um, anything where I have lengthy copy to write. However, there are times when you are not in an office slash Microsoft 365 app and you want to be able to dictate. It's built into Windows by using the... Window key plus H. So if you want to write a post on LinkedIn, you can use Windows plus H and you can record. It'll work as a dictate tool. I love it. I love it. Love it. I highly recommend it for um, efficiency. Wait a cool. minute. I just pushed it and I just got a notification that says voice typing is not available. Oh, maybe it's because I'm over here in our, me. I'm over in the recording software. If I click over here. Well, no, you might have to have Speech an app. Service like is managed open. by your organization. Okay. Uh -oh. I got to look into this. I was very excited to try it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have, uh, I have two. Um, first I have a TV, uh, uh, series recommendation, which is hijack on Apple TV. Oh my God. Have I'm you sorry. Seen, oh have my you seen it? Yes. It's the best. What's it's the great. premise? Um, it, Idris Elba, who is just amazing, um, is on a plane and it gets hijacked. I mean, that's, that's the concept, but oh, there's my is, nightmare. May I should avoid that one, <laughs> mm -hmm. but it is just so well done. It's just like, mm -hmm. like, why can't we have thrillers like this? You know? Exactly. So, yeah. So definitely, definitely worth, uh, worth, uh, picking up Apple TV, at least for a month, you know, just to watch that. Oh. Um, and then, um, I, fi I finally got tired of, of always copying and pasting Amazon links to send uh, to people when they're like, what camera do you use? What what microphone do you use? So I finally put up a page on Nolan Hames Creative uh, slash gear. NolanHamesCreative.com slash gear now has a, a list of all the, the gear and tech and stuff that I use presenting remotely and presenting in person and, and some books as well. And I'll, I'll probably keep adding to it. 
Uh, and yeah, there, there are Amazon affiliate links too, but everything's there. Mm-hmm. It's all visual. I see all the pictures. So if you want to know what cameras I use and microphones and lights and everything, you can just go there and, and take a look. That's a cool idea. Thank you for doing that. Yeah, thank you. I might have to steal that and piggyback because I get those same questions. Okay, so I'm looking at this. At least it's a flight from Dubai to London, so I'm safe. I don't do that route, so maybe I will watch the show. (laughs) We just finished watching Only only Murders in the Building. It's adorable. We just finished Mm -hmm. that, so now we're like, what are we going to watch next? Because, you know, we actually watch tv now and then so i will add that to the list thank you because we were literally just pondering it um i think that's it let's do some sign-offs thanks guys this is troy from tlc creative services professional presentation design studio check us out tlccreative.com new website coming soon vxpmeeting.com our virtual meeting platform and uh, my blog the powerpointblog.com this is Nolan from Nolan Hames Creative. Check out nolanhamescreative.com. You can learn more about our presentation and data viz trainings. And there's lots of free downloads and goodies there as well. If you want to design slides without bullet points, check out thebetterdeckdeck.com, where you can get the actual deck of cards, PDF version, even the PowerPoint source files. And podcast listeners always get a discount with the code PODCAST. And this is Sandy Johnson with Presentation Wiz. You can visit my website and blog at presentationwiz.biz the Presentation Guild at presentationguild.org. And I'm also on LinkedIn as Sandra Johnson, PowerPoint MVP, and on X as PPTWiz. To quote Nolan, who is quoting a theater director from his past, presentation design and presentation skills are like sex. Um, okay, I am blushing, but if you listen to the conversation, you know what I am talking about. The episode show notes are available at the Presentation Podcast website, thepresentationpodcast.com. The Presentation Podcast is produced by TLC Creative Services Inc. and new episodes release on the first and third Tuesday of each month.